Yes, sir, 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 yes, sir. We are live. Yep. Y'all are on. Yep. And this is Balls. Balls. Are we on the air? That's Balls Podcast. Yes, welcome to Ball Sports Podcast. It's the podcast with balls about balls. We are your hosts. I'm Buddha. I'm Tagsby. Dylan, Tags Bay in the building. Tags Mr. Late Night Drew. Insurance Bay. Live Bay. Prada Bay. You know we're Prada. Marshall's Bay. I'm Nels, aka Big Facts in Full Effect. Full Effect. Um, yeah, this episode one, don't care, 28, don't care, 129, 120 something, 120 enough, yeah, we're over 100, so whatever, uh, how y'all boys doing? Big vibing, bro. How we living, living good, living great, living lavish? Living. We doing all right, man, we doing all right, we hanging in there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Big chilling. I figured deal you. Um, what do we want to talk about first, guys? Let's get right to the shits. Man, let's just talk about the XFL so we can get out of the way. Yes, the XFL. Like, don't, <laughs> don't say yeah, get it out of the way. Like, don't try it like, like that. Like, it ain't hey. spaz. Like, they are. It went kind of hard. Yeah. It was cool. Okay, yeah. so listen, listen, listen. I feel y'all and I'm with y'all. You know what I'm saying? Nothing I support more than support. You know me. But, for the record, I just want to say that... A lot of people were optimistic after the first week of the AAF also. Boy, we ain't, we ain't had the AAF worth shit. The first games were I'm booty. just saying, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about y'all in particular. I'm not talking about y'all in particular. I'm just talking about in general. There was a lot of rave reviews about the XFL. Matter of fact, the DC Defenders got better ratings than the Washington Redskins. But so that's something to that's think not, about. But the thing is, we ain't hype it up. Yeah. And, and I think another. We knew it was trash. I think another key difference is the fact that it was basically impossible to find AAF games to watch, because the first week they were nationally televised, but beyond that, you had to have like a special CBS Sports or some like random shit that most people don't have. And like these games, the entire year they're going to be on ABC, Fox, and ESPN. And it so, feels like an NFL. It feels yeah. like you're watching the NFL. Hockey. Not gonna lie to you, but the AF, it felt like you were watching some G shit. With some college G-shit. rules. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seeing corny. It seemed like you were watching Canadian Football League or something. Like it wasn't entertaining. Even, like, and we knew. Like, I don't care what people think, but I, from the moment we watched the AF, AF, whatever, I don't think we, the podcast right after that, we were into hyped about it. We kind of knew what they were gonna be. And we were hyped about it. I think we were more hyped about, like, the different, like, rules that they were trying. And yeah, the, that's and how you know y'all more so than anything. We gotta focus on y'all rules. But speaking of, I do love a lot of these new rules for XFL. And it was um, it was smacking. I don't see I don't see the NFL implementing that, that many kickoff of them. one. But the kickoff one is dope because it's safer on everybody and still allows for the big play. If somebody breaks through, they taking it to the crib. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also got situations where. You have the uh, the running clock, so even after incompletions and uh, plays out of bounds, the the clock still runs no, um, out, outside of the last two minutes. That, I think they should keep that how it is right now. 
Um, and then you got the they did away with the you know the point after attempts, and you got the one, two, or three point uh, try after a touchdown. So like, they're doing, they're trying a lot of different stuff. I I, I, I really like the one, two, three with. point thing. Yeah. I also like the the, the headset. Coach's helmet. Yeah, with the, I like how you can hear it. how you can hear what's going, what the plays they, they are being call called, and, and yeah, and and the same how they're showing when a play does go to review, you get the view inside the reviewer's box and yeah. see what he's seeing. And you can hear like the that. conversations the referees are having. Yeah, it seems so, like they're really trying to keep it open communication to where fan like uh, transparent. Yeah, and keeping transparency really open with, with the XFL, and they no, crack I, it. I really really like it, and they I really, really like it. it. I mean. I think, like, at the end of the day, too, I think the fact that there's a lot more communication, the communication is really, really awesome. Right. And they smack Right. It. And one thing I didn't like at first, but after, you know, talking to you, Nels, and really kind of watching some more, at first I didn't like the constant review, uh, interviews on the, on the sideline. Um, but the fact that they're now... Uh, uh, They'll do it like after like a kicker misses a field goal, you know. They'll review it after him. You no, know, like they're they're gonna interview him like on the sideline after like yo you just missed this field goal. How, what happened that caused you to miss this field goal? And it's like okay that does make it kind of cool. So like at first I complained to Nels about it like you know yeah, I, like I, I didn't like the interviews but like going back and looking I'm like okay I kind of I kind of fuck with it because you know you're getting in this guy's girl for missing a field goal or oh there was Somebody just a skirmish what happened out there that that made you get in his face or whatever and and push him so I like that. it so interview me after I done smack this dude yeah yeah so I after I, 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 I could get somebody at that and score he's like man man you can't stick me so I told coach don't we ball so with gee shit. No, I like it. I fuck with it. Keep it going. I'm excited. I got my little team. The DC Defenders is my team. Yeah, I fuck with DC. I fuck with Houston I too. I fuck all the other niggas. <laughs> D- Houston's fine, but I think I, got I think DC. Uh, <clears throat> I just think like them sideline interviews is cool. I think it's a great way to give personality to a league that needs personality quick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I also feel like not only that. What's even more interesting is hearing these quarterbacks break down what they saw. Yeah. And their receivers being there with them to say what they saw because I mean it's showing the knowledge of the game that they have, so it makes this league legit because they're saying things that you're like, okay, well, I hear that in the NFL, so it makes it like even when like Cardell Jones threw a touchdown and he was talking about how the coverage broke down along the sideline and he knew what the coverage was and how he got the ball to who he needed to get it to. I thought like, that was that was really interesting. That was really good. That was cool. It was different. I'd much rather hear that than hear Booger too. McFarlane. Like, I don't want to hear Booger McFarlane on G-shit. Monday night talk about some. I, I would love to hear what the players got to say on the sideline. It's G-shit. dope. Yeah, the, you didn't, like, the commentary wasn't overdone or anything like that. It was very, like, everything was super digestible, like, watching these games. Like, I I really enjoyed it. No, it was good. And they smacking. Yeah. If I say that. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they're definitely yeah, smacking out there. Shout out to that boy, Andrew Saw. But it's not a great Yeah, they're still, they're still like, if you're leading with the crown of hell, like, they're still going to get you for that shit. But, like, no. you're allowed to hit hard mm-hmm. if you're hitting properly. Like, they let them smack. Yeah. yeah FAU, gonna... FAU product had himself a hell of a first game. I think he played for the Roughnecks, actually. There's a, yeah, there's a few FAU guys out mm-hmm. there. And them boys out there eating. Yeah. But, yeah, um, eating. let me recap these games real quick. So, in the inaugural game, uh, the D.C. Defenders beat the Seattle Dragons 31-19. Oh, yeah. We about to take the ship. Uh, 
Then the Houston Roughnecks uh, beat the L.A. Wildcats 37-17. Um, all right, that's probably going to be a nice little uh, playoff game. Houston and Houston and uh, D.C. Wait, are they in different? Oh, they're in different. That could be the ship right there. What? Houston, D.C.? That could be the championship at the I end of the day. I could see it. I could see it right now. I feel like they're the best two teams in that shit. Yeah. And then on Sunday, the New York Guardians beat the Tampa Bay Vipers 23-3. to And the St. Louis Battlehawks upset the Dallas Renegades 15-9. to um, What I did think was cool is throughout a lot of these games, they had a lot of NFL, either former NFL players or NFL officials there that they were interviewing. And all of them were basically, like, saying, this is dope. Like, mm-hmm. I love it. Like, Troy Aikman, like, on the sideline of the Del- the Dallas Renegades, like, talking about how much he's, he's loving what he's seeing so far and stuff. Like, that's a good cosign. That's a great, great cosign to have. So, I'm... I'm optimistic. Well, I, I can imagine I can imagine NFL players really liking this because I mean, at the end of the day, like this is competition, and if it continues to be successful competition, you know, competition breeds ingenuity. Right. So and now it, the NFL is gonna have to get back on their horse and, and and start doing new shit, or else you know people are really gonna start waiting for the season after the Super Bowl. Right. Well, exactly. And and I hope that XFL sticks with that. Starting after the NFL, I don't. I hope they never get to a point where like, okay, we're going to compete with. Let's try to compete with NFL. No, you're not. You're going to lose. The gonna... NFL has a hundred years on you. Like, you're not. You're not going to win that that fight. Well, my whole thing is, even if they let, even though it wouldn't happen, but let's just say that they could compete with the NFL. I wouldn't want to see that. No, I don't. I don't want to go back and forth between whatever's going on on a Saturday or a Sunday. Like, I just feel like, you know, right now... Oh, yeah, because then you have college on Saturday you're competing with as well. Yeah, there's too much. That's too much football. I just don't want to do it. Yeah, I just don't want to do it. So where they're at is perfect because when they're done, we can shift right into preseason and all that other nonsense that comes with it. And you know what's great? Because there's only eight teams, you're televising every single game. So people can literally watch every game of the year because they're not overlapping games. Their games are on Saturday, Sunday, and then a Thursday every now and then. No, it's, I mean, it's a great, it's a, it's a great um, format that they have right now, to, be, to yeah. be completely honest with you. You know what I mean? So uh, I, I would love to see it expand. I mean, naturally, I think it'll eventually go to In 12 teams, yeah, 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 maybe absolutely. like four to five years. And then it'll really get exciting once that happens. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, I agree. But like, you know, in this league, there's no bye weeks. Like, it's straight. Yeah, straight through. Straight through. Ain't but eighteen. Ten, yeah, ten weeks. Ten weeks, and then the uh, <laughs> you know, the, then the conference finals and championship. So is that Carl? Yeah, sound engineer Carl's in the building. Hey, hey Carl. Sorry, sorry, fans, they forgot to shout me out at the beginning, but Nails didn't know, so he, he gets a bypass. I think it's a fan. Hey, Carl. Hey, what's up? Keep saying sorry. I'm good, man. Say keep saying sorry, fans. I'm trying to understand. Apparently he's got fans. Wow. Sorry, no, they just showed a commercial. Um, you know, Hot Ones, the YouTube web show where they interview people eating chicken wings. Yes, sir. They've converted it into a TV show, a TV game show on True TV. I want to see that shit. Nobody watch True TV. What? Yeah, people watch watch True TV. They They watch Impractical Jokers. um, Impractical Jokers. I watch it just for that. But not gonna lie to you. I don't like. I think it's lame. Niggas over there talking about we watch True TV. Anyway, it sounds like some menopause. I'll be watching Snap. 
Anyway, yeah. Sound like, <laughs> sound, like, <laughs> sound like some so, midlife crisis. Any, uh, any other takeaways from XFL and before we move on? Um, I just wanted to say that I was pleasantly surprised. Um, it was really yeah. good football. It was very different football. I can't wait to see an overtime game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm just it's just exciting to know that football will still be on. Um, I think as it picks up more momentum, especially with all the viewership that it had, I mean, it's just it's just an exciting time right now for sports fans because now, like, you know, it's not just the waiting period anymore where we're just watching basketball and football. Like, there's still, I mean, basketball and baseball. There's still football right. in the air, so that's that's pretty phenomenal, man. And you know what's great? Because you, you mentioned the uh, to see to see an overtime game. What's going to be awesome about that, if we see an overtime game, it's going to feel special because it's going to be very rare that we get them because of the one, two, and three-point after attempts. It's going, to be, it's going to be tough to see a game tie because of the different things people are trying to do and shit. So, like, I feel like when we do get overtime, like... XFL is like, about to be high, high scoring. Teams are about to be getting blowed out I'm here trash. For I'm here for it. And good so, teams let me, are about let me to ask this question, out. too. Doesn't it make it see? Doesn't it make the game overall seem so much more competitive because there's so many points up for grabs? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Okay. And okay, and I it, thought it was just me. No. I thought it was just me because I was sitting there and I was like, man, like this game seems so much more competitive than it needs to be, considering that it's the first one, right? Right. But it seemed like they got the concept, like, yo, like we're not just gonna get the one point anymore, like. We got to play hard the whole right. time. Like, there's no chilling at all. Exactly. And even with that like that punt block, for example, I think in the NFL, that, that punt block isn't a punt block. Right. Yeah, no, no, it's not. I think I think they really went for it because they were like, yo, this is points up for grabs right here. Like, let's just get it while we can. You know what I mean? So I felt like there was more of a competitive edge. And here's another thing, too. I think that the wide receiver cornerback battles that I was seeing back and forth, Mm-hmm. It's primarily because now all the receiver needs to do is put <clears throat> one foot in. So now the sideline no longer becomes the other defender. Right, So exactly. now these guys really are preventing them. They're really jamming them at the line, knowing that even if they get an outside release, that that sideline doesn't matter anymore. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, like, that's pretty that, – I love it. I love those little – those little nuances is, like, very football-friendly. Right, and I, I do want to give a, a, a quick acknowledgement. A lot of people were taken aback because they thought these Q, these QBs were going to be running for, for their lives because, you know, there's, there's a steep drop-off in talent for offensive linemen. And the offensive linemen played well. Like, there's solid protection in a lot of these games. Um, so I do just want to give that acknowledgement. Like, we're, we're seeing competitive games both offensively and defensively. So I think I think that's dope. I think we're going to get a... Some some very entertaining games this year. Facts. Um, but to stay in the uh, the same football vein, let's transition over briefly to uh, the NFL. Um, just a couple things I wanted to bring up. Uh, so I think it's been an overall conclusion that Joe Burrow is going to go first overall in the draft to the Cincinnati Bengals. Tough. However. There's starting to be speculation that we could have an Eli Manning type situation. Um, apparently, his family has made it known that they don't want him to play in, in Cincinnati or in, anywhere in Ohio, for that matter. Why? Um, oh, because Cleveland? Be, no, because his throwing coach is Carson Palmer's brother. 
And Carson Palmer has said that he doesn't like the culture in Cincinnati because he feels like they don't play to win Super Bowls. Hmm. He feels nice. like he feels like the owner is there to collect checks and doesn't really care about building a culture. Wow. That's deep. I can see that. <clears throat> I can too. After I heard that, I was like, hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um so I think now Joe hasn't come out publicly and said anything, but his family has, you know, in in certain circles said that they don't want him to play in Cincinnati. Whether this, you know, over the next couple of months could grow into a situation like an Eli Manning where he's basically saying, I'm not going to play here, so don't mm-hmm. draft me. Um, in which case, Chase Young, I imagine, would be the first overall pick. Uh, no, nah, they're easily about to get Chase Young. Yeah, so I don't know. So it it, it, make, it makes things very interesting because... Who has number two? The Redskins, who would love to have Chase Young. But, but they're not going to get Burrow. I don't think they're going to get Burrow either. Who's number three? Number three is the Detroit Lions. They'll get Burrow, and they'll go crazy. Yeah. And they'll trade Stafford. And he'll Stafford. be with Matt Patricia. Yeah, Stafford yeah. get the fuck out of there. I can see it. So I think, I mean, I think it, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that one and two were going to be Burrow and Young. This just adds a slight wrinkle to that. So we'll see, you know, on the so it's, it's, so it just says like his family don't want him there. It's not a matter. His family has said that. But he hasn't said anything. He hasn't come out and said anything. But he hasn't. He come out and said that he wants to play for a winning, like a, yes. a contending. He yeah, y'all ain't it. He, like, wants, y'all to play, y'all not he it. wants to play to win Super Bowls. They're not so about to draft. They're not about to draft that man. So it's kind of like one of those A plus B equals C. They're not about to draft right that now. man just off off what is about to become alone. Because now you know he, well, his you family know, don't want him there. He probably don't want to be there because he knows y'all ain't a contender. Even if y'all get him, you're not going to become a contender. Well, even if he wanted to play for a contender, <clears throat> I don't think anybody wants to play for a team that doesn't want to build a culture for contending. That, I think that's one of the biggest things there is that. And then also, I think furthermore, not only are they taking a page out of the Mannings books, but believe it or not, I think they're taking a page out of Lamar Jackson and his mom's book, too. Because for the record, I mean, remember, Lamar Jackson kept getting told over and over and over again, if you change positions, you'll probably be a higher draft pick. You'll probably make more money, whatever, whatever. But I mean, him and his mom stood real firm and was like, we're going to do it this way, period. And I think like what you're seeing here is you got to remember, these guys are 21 to 24 years old, maybe even younger like 2019, I think Kyler Murray was what, 19? Yeah. So like families still are, they need to play a part. And I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I don't want my son to be a number one draft pick and be considered this, this uh, quote unquote football messiah for a team that realistically doesn't even want to win. Right. And, and spend the first, you know, five years of his career at, at minimum, you know, with a team that isn't going to do anything. They fuck around again. You know, right. like you, you look at you look at a situation like Kansas City, where Patrick Mahomes out here becoming MVP and then Super Bowl winner and Super Bowl MVP <laughs> in his first two years as a starter, because you know they care and they're trying to have that culture there, and you know to waste his talent on a team that just doesn't care and it makes it to what Carson said makes it seem like the owner's just trying to kind of pad his pockets more, basically. That's rough, man. That's a crazy... I've never heard a player like outright say that about a team. And then on top of that, even when Mahomes went to the Chiefs, 
Although the Chiefs weren't a championship contending team, I mean, they were making playoffs consistently. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I mean? So that that mattered regardless. They knew how to get to the playoffs. They just understood that maybe we need to make some changes if we want to go to the next level. And they made those changes, for sure. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, it's, yeah, it's, it's a matter that. of... It's a matter of, you know, like your career choice, where you where you go, no matter what career field you do matters. You know what I mean? And like him going to Cincinnati could potentially ruin his career. Right. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's not saying anything publicly or at least not making it to where his family's really saying anything super publicly until after free agency starts to see if the Bengals make any kind of moves to put some stuff around him. Both offensively and defensively, because I think, yeah, like I feel like I, I, he doesn't want to necessarily burn a bridge yet until he sees that okay, y'all really not trying to help me out here because mm-hmm. AJ Green about to be gone, so you really only have Joe Mixon on that offense. You have absolutely shit over there. You have no offensive you line. You have no receivers. Like he better off at no. Let me stop sizing. So I, I don't know. We'll see what's gonna happen there. I was about to say he better off with the Dolphins. That she is. He is better off with the Dolphins. Fuck. At least they got a. So absolutely better off. With the so Dolphins. we could we could see a situation where um, somebody needs to trade up. Or no, we could see Miami and Cincinnati swap picks, and then Cincinnati just picks up two at five. And and Joe, not only swap picks, one. but you gotta give me something else. I need oh, cash yeah, consideration. Course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I need some bread with that with that flip. It's still number one. Yeah. So we'll see how that situation plays out. I wouldn't get to it. Two got too much shit going. Yeah. Well, <laughs> actually, he just had. He just went to um his his was it three month checkup or six month checkup? Yeah. Six months, I think, or no, three. Sorry, don't, don't care. Anyways, his three month checkup after his surgery, and he is like as good as he could possibly be at this point. So like he's making really good recoveries. Yeah. Yeah, he's like he's close to being able to start football activities again. In quotes, I don't know what that necessarily means. <laughs> Meaning, don't got the time, bro. <laughs> right, don't got the time, bro, to be taking um, no risk. Right, now. but no, did you have anything else on that particular thing? I know I'm dropping. Yeah, I, I just okay. think that the I think that the Burrow family is making a good decision. Yeah. Um, if you don't have anything else to add for the NFL, I had two things I, I wanted to I add do for actually, guys that I thought. Okay, go for it. I have one more, um, and then you have the floor. Um, since it is about to be free agency time and the new league year is getting ready to start here in the next few weeks, um, there's a good chance we could be seeing some big names traded or some key players traded. Uh, so what I thought would be interesting is, you know, while the speculation is starting now of, oh, who's most likely to trade for who? Where is this person about to go? Um I want to see, like, if you have somebody in mind on, on your favorite team or, you know, a team you really like, uh, a realistic trade they can make that no one's really talking about. So uh, if you guys want, I could go first. Because um, I was thinking about this and Nels, I actually told you about this last week. I think, you know, there's a lot of speculation that Gruden and Carr, are they working together well? Are they not? Do they like each other? Do they don't? Are they moving on from Carr? Are they not? I think a good way you could handle this would be to set up a trade with the Carolina Panthers for, for Cam. Cam Newton. And it could even be Cam Newton for Derek Carr in like a fourth. But you I think, think you really think I they'll think, take a risk on Cam Newton? Yeah, this is John Gruden. He loves kicking the he loves kicking the tires legit, on quarterbacks and trying. Legit like not Cam Newton. He's like Cameron right now. 
he's hoping he can be Cam again. I mean, we'd have to see. I don't His know. His body's on some camera and but, shit. Like but if Cam, you know, hypothetically speaking, if Cam's healthy, That's what I'm he would fit in great with our offensive scheme. If Cam is he healthy, would perfect if Cam is healthy the Panthers not going to let him go for real. Because, you know, they be trying to. They really want to fuck with that nigga for real. No, they, they, they're they definitely trying to hold on to Cam because, I mean, Cam has been the franchise for so long. Yeah. And, I mean, you know, it's a good look for franchises that have the ability to hold on to their quarterbacks and be successful for a while because it makes you a more... I think that's uh, it. It makes you a more... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A more realistic place for quarterbacks and stuff to go. I think that's right. a better... I think that's a good... I think that's a good trade for the, just for the Raiders to make. I don't think that's a... I don't think that's a trade that... The out there to say that the Panthers would bite on. I think they would bite on it for the fact that if maybe they are invested in Kyle Allen in the long run or a quarterback that maybe they pick up this draft, that Derek Carr is a safe guy to have. He'll manage the season. He's not going to lose you games, you know, but you got other ballers on that team. He's going to fit whatever scheme you kind of put him in. Um, and yeah, and if Cam is ready to go, if Cam, you know, maybe does say, "Hey, I think my time here is done. Like, see what you can do." I think it just makes sense. Plus, you get like a fourth for him as well. So, I don't know. I see it could be win-win. It could. I just don't Cause, see. Because for some reason, I don't see the Raider, Raiders. I don't see the Panthers biting on on the on the on a player for player like that. On no, the, on a cam for I feel like as bad as they want cam, I think they see cam as a lot better than Derek Carr, even if they shouldn't. I feel you. That's what I, I feel. Can. I feel like even though they shouldn't, I think they see cam as like up here. They really see him on a tier well, on, they, a, on a high level to where if they were to give him up, you'd have to be giving up a lot to just give him up. I feel you. I think that makes sense too, and I think for the fact that they both have gone through some pretty serious injuries. They're kind of like even keel to a sense. Yeah, it's like you trade the same nigga for another. Because like, yeah, as Carl, you know Carl did good this year. It's like you still came out of here with him. You just had a back. You know, back injuries is, is a big thing. Nah, he, but he was good all year. I think, no, I'm no, even no his back injury wasn't major. He only missed one game from that. It was his leg. Oh, okay. His broken leg. And he was really fine after that. He just had an, an off year because he was like, it was in his head. But I mean, this year he posted career highs in every metric. True. So like... Yeah, maybe it might work. Yes. I don't know. I think it could be a realistic. I, I want. I hope like, I don't like just, just feel like Panthers would bite. bite. Yeah, Even though they probably could, and it could probably work out for them. Especially yeah. since I don't really see Cam doing it. The Panthers working out anymore. But I just feel like that pride of that. You feel me? Just that relationship. Really, it's almost like why it took the the Bengals so long to get rid of Andy Dalton. Uh, not even Andy Dalton. Uh, the coach. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took forever. It's or like, same thing with uh, everybody saying the Giants need to let go of Eli, and they never did. They never right. did. It might and be one of those. But. And, yeah, and let me just be clear. Like, I this isn't what I want to happen. Oh, no, Because sure. I, I prefer Derek I'm, saying, I, I, I'm a car believer, even though a lot of people aren't. Like, I I think he could do great things for that franchise in the future. So why do you think they would make that trade? You don't think they want to go There's just been there. so much speculation that, that like, they don't know what they want to do. They're, they're in, they're not sure if they want to go all in on him or gamble with him. See what I did there? Cause oh, now they're in Vegas. I don't Vegas. think a problem though. No, oh, that's terrible. Not, I don't <laughs> think that your defense is a problem. Terrible. He hasn't had a legit number one. He hasn't had a legit number one at all. The, the, year, the, the year he had a legit number one, he went twelve and four and only lost in the playoffs because he was hurt with a broken leg. He was. And he might need to toughen up that line a little bit. 
Yeah, just a little. No, bit. the line the line was straight this year. The line was straight this year. We need we need a receiving threat. Because I mean, Hunter Renfro is good in our slot. He's good in that little slot position. And Tyrell Williams, we found out this year he's not built to be a number one guy. Wait, but oh yeah, I got rid of. We had Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. Yeah, we had Antonio Brown. That's that was supposed to. Yeah, he fucked us. Offensively, that really fucked y'all. Yeah. And then when y'all lost Abram on defense, that fucked y'all too. Yeah. So it's like they really just do need a receiver, or at least a tight end for real. Like, oh, Jay, no, Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Darren Waller. Yeah, Darren Waller. yeah y'all just need a number one. Yeah, that's all we need on yeah, offense. Need a, a we, need, solid, we need a solid, solid number one. Number one. Or like even an upcoming rep, bro, CD Lamb, yeah. boy. Or somebody who can at least take the top off, like. CD Lamb, boy. Yeah, well, that's who we're, that's who we're projected to get. Mm. At 12. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. CD fucking lamb. Yeah, I'm good with that. Mm-hmm. And then we're projected to get that uh, linebacker from LSU. Uh, I forget his name. Y'all could use a backer. Yeah. Yeah, we do need more backer help. Y'all could use a backer. Because Vontez, you know. What you think, Dale? Me, personally? You want me yeah, to go what about y'all? Um, Do you want me to go first or Dylan, you got that? i go first. It's cool. Okay, cool. I think... I like to see. I like to see us get a tight end. I think that's realistic for us to. If there were, if there were something that happened in free agency, I think uh, maybe like an OJ Howard or shit, even Evan Ingram. OJ Howard would be a nice pickup. Well, like, I really like OJ Howard. I feel like. What would y'all just, get, What would y'all give up for him? A first. Nah, we'll probably give him like a second and third. Keep it moving. I, feel like I don't think they're, I feel like they're gonna ask for a first. If they ask for, for a OJ first, you know, yeah. I mean, I feel like the Patriots would be willing to give up a first, but I don't know if we'll give it up for OJ Howard. Not for OJ Howard. They'll give up a second for OJ Howard. I think. Mm-hmm. Not no first. Either that or or just a, a receiver or a Trent Williams. I'll take Trent Williams. I like Trent. You feel me? I could, I could use some line. So for me, <laughs> I feel like the tight end is probably somebody that they're going to get through the draft. Um, <clears throat> what they do need is more receiver help. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking Bad like, man. you know, probably taking like a number two that could be a number one on another team or maybe even going for a big time number one. But I don't know if they would want to trade for that. I feel like they would want to pick that up through free agency. But oh, AJ. Two receivers that I've seen. AJ is one. Um, he is a free agent, so I think like New England's definitely going to be one of his top places um, to go once all is said and done. But I was considering like teams that not necessarily are in championship contender mode, but they're definitely in playoff mode, and like they could afford to lose like a dynamic offensive piece to kind of bolster their defense or go to the draft <laughs> to kind of add a little bit to what they have. And the two that come up to me is Fuller for mm-hmm. uh, for Houston. I can see the Patriots trading some draft picks, maybe a couple of uh, defensive pieces that maybe Fuller? are in the rotation for him. Yes, and um, Godwin from uh, from uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can see Tampa both need to give us somebody. Tampa needs to give us somebody. I don't care if it's Mike. I don't care if it's Chris. I don't care if it's OJ. Tampa need to give up something. Godwin a little well, speedster, man. 
Is it Godwin They're or gonna let go. Chris Godwin, yeah. Godwin. I think it's Godwin. Yeah. They're going to let go of Godwin before Evans because Evans <laughs> is that contract, and they're not. I would not let go of a player so I can keep paying his contract while he balls out for another team. Mm. Godwin has yet to get that big-time contract, mm-hmm. so maybe it's a win-win all the way around because now the Buccaneers don't got to worry about all that money having to spend for him. And then on top of that, like the Patriots can get them another piece and not worry about super paying for it. Or if they decide to get Brady back or whatever, that's one of those pieces that they could put money in because yeah, he gonna we know when Brady he gets a lot of speed, ball. when Brady gets speed, he balls out. So For sure. Every time we got speed, we eat. Yeah. We haven't had no nothing. So those, are, those are the two realistic moves that I can see for sure. No, definitely. Yeah, so since we can't get Odell no more. So um I wanted to go over a couple of lists with you guys. Some really interesting ones that I that I seen. So I've decided to subscribe to the Athletic, um, which is a like like a subscription uh, subscription based uh sports news platform. Mm-hmm. Um very good. And um they have the 2020 franchise rankings, which I read and I thought it was very interesting. So What they do is it's a database, and it's updated every year after the Super Bowl ends um, because, you know, that's one of the ultimate deciding factors. So you get points. So you get one point for making the playoffs, three points for losing the AFC AFC, NFC championship game, five points for losing the Super Bowl, and 11 points for winning the Super Bowl. To determine the the, uh, ranking for the next year? Yeah, to determine the strength or whatever. No, no, no. This is not the strength of schedule. This is literally like franchise rankings according to wins. Okay. Wins, yeah. Win like like playoff appearances and wins. So, number 32 is the Houston Texans. Naturally, because they're the youngest franchise in the league. Yep. So, there's only so much that they can do. However, um, off averages, they've they've done pretty well. I mean, they've they've been around since 2002. They have six playoff seasons. They just don't have any wins. If they could have had a couple of wins, that might have pushed them up over the next couple of guys. Number 31 is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Number 30 is the Detroit Lions. Number 29 is the Arizona slash St. Louis Cardinals. Um, number 28 is the Carolina Panthers. 27 is the Cincinnati Bengals. 26 is the Cleveland Browns. 25 is the Los Angeles slash San Diego Chargers. Number 24 is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number 23 is the Atlanta Falcons. Number Mm. 22 is the New Orleans Saints. I'm not going to lie. That one kind of caught me off guard. But then thinking about it, up until 2009, they only made it to the Super Bowl. I mean, they only made it to the, uh, well, even 2006 when when they lost in the championship game. Uh, they realistically made it to the playoffs only five times, and they were established in 1967. Mm. Damn, so who was, who was running that, that division? Sense. The Falcons? Well, no, because remember, the New Orleans Saints originally oh, yeah, was in the yeah, NFC yeah, West, yeah, 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 so that yeah, was San right. Francisco 49er territory for a really long time. Jesus. Right, so Jesus. Right, so the <laughs> NFC, the old NFC West was like the. I believe it was like the New Orleans Saints, the Atlanta Falcons, uh, the San Francisco 49ers, and the Rams. That was the old NFC West. Jeez. So when it was really just the 49ers and the Rams because remember the Seattle Seahawks was in the AFC West. Yeah. They just recently got into the NFC. So that caught me off guard. But then upon further like reading and doing research, I was like, eh, 
I can see that. Mm-hmm. Number 21, you have the New York Jets. Um, number 20, you have the Tennessee Titans slash Houston Oilers. Again, this was when that caught me off guard. And I was like, oh, they were the Houston Oilers. And the Oilers, well, yeah. they've won some championship games. And, and they well, they've won some AFL championship games, excuse me. But they've made it to AFC championships quite a few times. Mm-hmm. So... That was it. And remember, they made it to the Super Bowl in what, 2000, 1999, when they lost to the Rams? So that makes sense. Number 19, you have the Chicago Bears. Number 18, you have the Buffalo Bills, which, if I'm not mistaken, the Buffalo Bills might be the highest franchise to not have a Super Bowl win. Maybe the Vikings, if I haven't said their name yet. True. You yeah. Probably the Vikings, yeah. So they're they're up there. So damn. So what? The Vikings so, have been to what five and lost all. Uh, the Vikings. I would believe they've. I don't think they've been to that many. I think the Vikings have been to it's been at least three. I think three, three or four. Because I know I, I know for sure they lost to the Steelers. They lost to the Raiders. I think they lost to the Chiefs as well. And they lost to the Chiefs. So yeah, it's three. So, number 17, you have the Baltimore Ravens, and which is really good considering that they were founded in 1996. It took them four years to get to the playoffs, and the one year, the whoa, first year they made it to the playoffs. Is it, counting, is it counting the old Browns, too, though? No, all old records with the Browns went back to the Browns. So, the Baltimore Ravens oh, have their own standalone record. Mm. I mean, no, I, feel you. I mean, it, it is bullshit, but if you, if you kind of look at how the front office was like designed by the Ravens when they created it. Yeah. It kind of makes sense. They technically started that team from scratch. Yeah, I feel They kept the draft picks, but I mean, that team was from scratch. So, determined that they started in 96, it took them four years to get to the Super Bowl and win. I mean, that's a good start. So they have two Super Bowls, two championship game appearances. That's not bad. Uh, number 16, you have the Seattle Seahawks. Um, number 15, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Number 14, you have the Kansas City Chiefs, which, again, I mean, if they if they were able to create more Super Bowl appearances, would probably be in the top 10. Um, Los Angeles um, slash St. Louis Rams is at number 13. Number 12, you have the Minnesota Vikings. Number 11, you have the Washington Redskins. Now we're going into the top 10. Yes, sir. Again, this kind of caught me off guard. But then I really thought about their success Damn, in the you past. Said the Dolphins, yeah. That's crazy. The Dolphins are number 10. Jeez. Now here's the reason. Here's the reason why the Dolphins are number ten. That's Check this cool. out. Let's let's talk about their playoff years in the NFL. They made it to the playoffs in 70, 71, which was a Super Bowl loss. Seventy two, which was a Super Bowl win. Seventy three, which was a Super yeah, Bowl win. Yeah, that was the only time we was 74, garbage. 78, <laughs> was 79, 81, 82, which was a Super Bowl loss. 83, 84, which was a Super Bowl loss. That was getting fired for late, Carl. That's be going to Super Bowl AFC, they made it to the AFC Championship game. Um, 1990, they made it to the playoffs. 1992, they lost the AFC Championship game. Damn. 94, 95, 97, 99, 2000, 2001, 2008. That's why God just said, y'all not. You see what God do? That's their. God, when God put you in, when God put you in positions to succeed, hold on, Nels. (laughs) (laughs) When God put you in positions to succeed. And you consistently be lackadaisical. <laughs> don't want to take it seriously. You're going to have to ride the pond for a little bit. And that is why, since, the, since all the end, y'all haven't been gone. Because y'all had to give up that spot for somebody that could do what they're supposed to do. 
So, ahead, um, all in all, they've had 23, 23 playoff years. They made it to the Final Four twice, three Super Bowl losses, and two Super Bowl wins, which really isn't that bad. Number nine, you have the Indianapolis slash Baltimore Colts. Um, at number eight, you have the New York Giants. Um, at number seven, you have the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos have they have a pretty impressive resume. Twenty-two playoff years, two Final Fours, five Super Bowl losses, and three Super Bowl wins. Just pretty good. Um, number six, you have the Oakland Raiders. Mm. Um, what kind of what kind of caught me off guard was again when I was looking at the numbers. I'll read you the numbers that their early success is out of control. So like you have sixty-seven Super Bowl losses. 68 lost AFC Championship game. 69 lost AFC Championship game. 70 lost Championship game. 72. 73 lost Championship game. 74 lost Championship game. 75 lost Championship game. 76 won the Super Bowl. 77 lost Championship game. 1980, they made it to the Super Bowl, but lost. Oh, no, they made it to the Super Bowl, but won. 82, they made it to the playoffs. 83, they won the Super Bowl. 84, they made it to the playoffs. 85, they made it to the playoffs. 90, they lost the Championship game. 91, playoffs. 93, playoffs. 2000, Championship game. 2001, 2002, Super Bowl loss, and then 2016. So honestly, up until about 1993, I mean the Raiders was in it consistently every year. Yes. If yes, it's not are. if it's not for the Dolphins and the Steelers, realistically, we could be seeing the Raiders with about six, seven Super Bowl wins. Because all the teams that they lost to in the championship game, I think with the exception of one, they all won the Super Bowl. Yeah. And if you if you ask experts from back in those times, they say the Raiders make it to the Super Bowl. They unequivocally win those games. They beat those Dallas Cowboys teams. They beat those the the Minnesota Vikings. Like they they had it was a solid franchise for what it was worth. Um, at number five, you have the Green Bay Packers. Of course, I mean they've been successful yeah. practically every decade in in the NFL in the Super Bowl era except for the eighties. That's a given. And so. Um, now we're at the top four. Number four, you have the San Francisco 49ers. They're impressive as well. Like the years that they made it to the playoffs and lost championship games is pretty good. Um, from I mean, it's consistent. It's every decade. Yeah. Literally. It's every decade. Like the only drop-off they really have as far as playoffs is really from 2002 to 2011. Outside of that, they've, they've been... Pretty consistent with their playoffs. Um, number three are the Dallas Cowboys, which although people are like, oh, the Dallas Cowboys have been kind of trash. I mean, for what it's worth, as far as playoffs are concerned, since the 90s, since their last Super Bowl win, they've made it to the, to the to playoffs 96, 98, 99, 2003, 2006, 2007, 2009, 2014, 2016, and 2018. They've had 33 playoff years, eight Final Fours, three Super Bowl losses, and five wins. So... The only issue is, is in the last decade, all they've mustered up is three points because they've made playoff appearances but can't get past the first round. Yeah. <laughs> um, at number two, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I mean, naturally, they have six Super Bowl wins, so that's that's already kind of hard to top. Um, they come in with a whopping 114 points. Um, and at number one, you have the New England Dumb Patriots. Boys. Now, the New England Patriots, what's interesting is up until 2001... It was garbage. I mean, from the, for the 70s to the 90s, I mean, they still made playoff appearances. You had 76, 78, 82, 85 Super Bowl loss, 86, 94, 96 Super Bowl loss, 97, and 98. Then you have 2001 Super Bowl, 2003 Super Bowl, 2004 Super Bowl, 
2005, 2006 championship loss, 2007 Super Bowl loss, 2009, 2010, 2011 Super Bowl loss, 2012, 13, they lost the championships, 2004 Super Bowl, 2015 championship loss, 2016 Super Bowl, 2017 Super Bowl loss, 2018 Super Bowl, and 2019. So you have a bunch, you have a bunch, and I mean, in the last decade alone, they have 114 points, but in 10 years, they racked up 54 of them. Mm-hmm. So... I thought that was really it was a great read and I mean if you guys want me to share it with you I, I can it's like yeah. a lot more it's a lot more detailed than I told y'all but that's the similarly pure gist of it I can I can do without like putting it over the top I was gonna share it earlier but I was like I think it'd be much better as a surprise yeah absolutely. Um, last thing I wanted to talk about I wanted to talk about the um, strength of schedule um, they, there was a formula that was utilized to determine, I mean, it wasn't really a formula. It's just kind of taking the wins and losses of all the teams that right. they're playing this year from last year and whatever. So it officially was released, I believe either this morning or yesterday afternoon. Um, I kind of wanted to go through the teams and I'm going to go from the weakest strength of schedule to the strongest strength of schedule. And then afterwards, you guys can tell me if you see any trends, if you think there's any team that's going to be, that's going to take advantage of it. If you think there's going to be any teams that will be better for it or worse. So, okay. So wait, so weakest strength of schedule would mean the hardest schedule to play. No, the weakest schedule is literally the weakest schedule. So whoever I say is number one, they have the weakest schedule. They're playing oh. the weakest teams. No, I thought you said because I thought so, you said number thirty-two is the weakest and number one is the strongest. No, 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 no. no number thirty-two. I'm saying I'm going backwards. So number thirty-two is going to be the strongest. Got you. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. So starting with number one, you have the Baltimore Ravens. The teams that they're playing collectively come in at forty-three percent. Well, forty-four percent winning percentage. So, that's number one. Tied for number two, you have the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers. For number, tied for number four, you have the Cleveland Browns and the Washington Redskins. At number six, you have the Cincinnati Bengals. Number seven, you have the New York Giants. Number eight, you have the Philadelphia Eagles. Number nine, you have the New Orleans Saints. Number ten, tied for number ten, you have the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Los Angeles Chargers. Tied for number twelve... You have a plethora of teams. You have the Carolina Panthers, the Indianapolis Colts, the Las Vegas Raiders, and the Tennessee Titans. They're still playing. Their their overall strength of schedule is under 500. They're the last teams to have schedules under 500. Oh, so um, we're still right in the middle 16, of the pack. Okay. Correct. Number 16, you have the Packers, the Chiefs, <clears throat> and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're exactly at 500. Um, and not tied for number 19, you have the Chicago Bears, Seattle Seahawks. Tied for number 21, you have the Broncos, the Rams, and the Minnesota Vikings. At number 24, you have the Houston Texans. At number 25, you have the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Bills, the Lions, and the 49ers at 523. Um, At number 30, you have the Miami Dolphins. Number 31, you have the New York Jets. And number 32, you have the New England Patriots, which I don't think is an accident. I feel... Who is the AFC East playing? Who is the AFC East playing this year? Who Who are the teams that they're seeing? Y'all are seeing the AFC West mm-hmm. and the shit. Um, trying to think of what conference y'all play. Hold on. Y'all have the hardest schedule next year. Mm-hmm. I've never seen y'all have the hardest schedule. No offense. It's the AFC, but, it's like, it's the, it's the AFC West and the NFC West. Damn, y'all playing the AFC West and the NFC West. So I think not only is it the toughest of the schedule as far as record, Ooh, but it's also the toughest. It's also, 
It's also the toughest strength of schedule because of traveling, too. Get my boys some help. Well, not only that, plus, knows you got to think, it's now teams in your division finally getting better. Yeah, them boys good. Yes. So, like, that's Correct. a big factor, too. Because there was a while right. that I mean, if they look, were kind of just wallowing in sadness. I mean, well, yeah, if you a lot look of that is because the Bills went to the playoffs this year. If you, if you want to... Well, well, there's that too, and honestly, the Dolphins had that little bit of a run that they had. There wasn't a team that I think went lower than four or five wins, right? Which is good for any good for any division. So, if you look at the Patriots' schedule, for example, I wanted to make a note of this. This is very interesting. Okay, um, first off, they start the first five weeks. Well, it's to be announced, so we'll see what happens. But I will tell you all their away games first. And then I'll tell you all their home games so you guys can get a good gist of how crazy this schedule is. And I think this factored in also. You have at Buffalo, at Kansas City, at LA Chargers, at LA Rams, at Miami, um, at New York Jets, at Seattle Seahawks, at Houston Texans. So that's their eight away games. None of those are gimmies. Right. And then their 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 home games are going to be Buffalo, Miami, New York, Denver, Arizona, San Francisco, Baltimore, and Las Vegas. So Jimmy G's coming back to the crib. So <laughs> it's it's really it's it's really made for it's a tough schedule, and I think it, it's made for wonderful anything, football. I'm happy because it's I, made for I, wonderful football. I don't like watching and some of these games. This year I'm gonna be the I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be honest with you. If the Patriots end up winning the AFC East, and even if they play wild card weekend, if they get out of this out of this schedule with 11, 12 wins, we win the Super I would Bowl. still like I would like them for the Super Bowl. Yo, y'all know what we should do? We should fly out to uh Foxborough to see what? Patriots Raiders. Let's do it. I would be down for that. I gotta see what the car's looking like, but I could be down for that too. I would be down for that. So that is. So I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be real. Looking at these numbers. Listen, listen. Looking at looking at some of these numbers, I'm gonna be real with you. Wait, we're not going to. I think. Huh? No, 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 no. It's gonna be in New England. So looking at these numbers, I'm gonna be real with you. I think it's easy to say that the favorites to win their division would have to be the Ravens, would have to be the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Eagles, and the Saints, mm-hmm. and maybe even the Cleveland Browns, because all of those teams are so all the their record the records of the teams that they're playing are so below five hundred. Unless all of these teams are going to do a drastic turnaround, I mean, bro, the Dallas Cowboys and Pittsburgh Steelers strength of schedule. Is 0. 0.457. 0. 0.45. That's not good, right? That's terrible. 500 means you're, the, the average is 8 and 8. Mm-hmm. If it's 457, that means the average is like. Who schedules like this? What? 6 and 10. So the, the I'll tell you all the teams that are under 47% winning percentage. You have the Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Washington Redskins. They're all at about forty in between forty three to forty six percent winning percentage. So that means like the the average of the teams, they're like six and ten, five and eleven. Tough. Exactly. So if the if the if there's any year for the Cowboys to win the NFC East, 
naturally, it would it would be this year coming up. For real. But they're gonna fall once again. Probably. And remember, you're gonna have a healthy Philadelphia um, Eagles team that's gonna come and give them some issues. Mm-hmm. We'll see if they stay healthy. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Um, I if that's it for the NFL, I'm 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 done. All right. So wrap it up, then. All right, bet. We'll wrap that up. Um, so we're gonna talk about the NBA now. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to say in view of the uh, end of the trade deadline? I wish, uh, I wish the Heat would have pulled a trigger on Embiid. Why? Because I feel like he's the perfect piece to that puzzle. And uh, a lot of the fans, I don't know if that relationship with Philly going to last. So I think it's time for Embiid, as young as he is, to start thinking long term. And I think Miami is a great place for him with the mentality of that team compared to his. It's like a lot of people that are the same type. It's like the Monstars over there, but mm-hmm. like hard working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you feel me? Like they play a lot of team basketball. But if they get if they get MB, what would they do? Trade away um Bam? They're not gonna trade away Bam. And honestly, for what it's worth, Bam down. is Bam is a lot more durable than um Embiid is, and he's better on the defensive side of the ball. Now, MB can score for sure. He can score on anybody. But I mean, I feel like they have I enough team basketball to where MB is could pose a, a big enough defensive threat for them, like to where the team basketball will make up for MB not being as good as a defender as Bam. The whole team for the defense because they t- that, that that's the only reason I want because like their whole team is some dogs over yeah, there, like, like the entire squad. That's one thing. Miami always was strong on defense. I mean, I, I didn't Jimmy say something? Didn't Jimmy um? Personal IG. Did you tell me Jimmy said something? Put something on IG about um. Tweet yeah. Talking about like. You're not on mic right now, Carl. You gotta speak up. Oh. Jimmy said something on IG about like it not being a bad idea. Like. Oh, Miami likes like a Miami is a good place for bad guys or something like that. So it's like I mean I see it being I, I'm not I'm not against it I'm not against it at all. The only again I like what you said in rebuttal to me saying that you know Bam plays better defense, but I mean honestly, I also I'm worried about you know I'm worried about his uh, like his durability. He does get hurt. Has he been hurt this year so far? Yeah, he messed up his finger. Mm-hmm. He was out for like he's been out for double digit games this season already. He gets hurt every year. And and the thing about it is, is it's not necessarily his fault because I mean it's the same thing with Anthony Davis. Do you know you know how many games, you know the most consecutive games Anthony Davis has played in his career? Six. Sixteen. That's tough. Sixteen. So I mean it's it as <laughs> much as you know, you want bigs, sometimes you gotta you gotta ask yourself like is it worth it? Man, like, it can, is he durable? Is he really worth making that big deal, especially when you have a durable big who doesn't miss games because, you know, his body is fit for it? Because he's not necessarily a long seven-footer. He's, he's a little under seven-foot, but he's long, he's lanky, he's athletic, and he can move. Has, has Obe- did Odell, I mean, did um, Joel get a paid already? Say again? Like, is he, he's not a free agent this year, is he? 
Uh, I don't believe so. Hmm. Well, yeah. That's so, I mean, guessing. that's... And also... Uh, I mean... No, that's, probably, that's pretty much it, really. I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I love the move for uh, D'Angelo Russell. I love that move. I love that move. I love that move. Mm-hmm. I think I think personally, I I mean maybe it's just me being hopeful. I feel like they're gonna snap. Who? The Timberwolves. Uh, the Timberwolves. Maybe. I do. I, I again. I could be. I could be a little hopeful, but I like the combination of Russell and, and Carl Anthony Towns. And honestly, I don't think. I don't think uh, Wiggins going to Golden State is a bad move either. Oh, not at all. Especially when Steph and them boys come back. Yeah, I think I think KD he's a good piece. I don't even. I wouldn't even say a mini KD. I think they found themselves a more athletic Iguodala. True. So it's, it's going to be interesting. Those moves was definitely. If there is a move where everybody won, I think it would be that. Um, so yeah. I think that's that's it for trade deadline. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to say or add. Nope. I mean, who else got traded really? Anyone? Yeah, it was like the. Um, I mean, you got the you got the big uh, Atlanta Hawks um, and uh, 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 who was that? It was a bunch of teams. It was like the Hawks. Yeah, it was like three teams. The three Kings, or four teams. the Blazers, the Clippers. Did he did good with this. Who did the Blazers get? So let me just read you this whole thing. So the Atlanta Hawks, they waived Nene, acquired Derek Walton Jr. in cast consideration from the Los Angeles Clippers for the Hawks' 2022 second-round draft pick. They also acquired Scala Labissiere in cash considerations from the Portland Trailblazers for the Hawks' 2024 second-round pick. And then the Hawks acquired Dwayne Dedman in two second-round picks from the Sacramento Kings for Alex Len and Jabari Parker. So they picked up Nene. They picked up Nene, Derek Walton Jr., um, Scal Labissiere. Sorry. Okay, um, say that because you confused me at first. And Dwayne Dedman. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's, this is that's, a, pick a, up that's for a lot of people. Yeah. For the Hawks. I mean, not only is it a lot of that's people. A, hey, that's, them trying to, that's them trying to keep Madal <laughs> Trey Young around a bit. It's like, yeah, they, they put bigs around. They put bigs around him. So I mean, they got guys on the perimeter. Get yeah, some big so. bodies around him. Nene's a great pick and roll big. He is. And he's a and great veteran top, presence in the locker room. And he's also uh, really good for... He's really good for... Uh, that veteran presence in the locker room. He's big for that. Um, so, yeah. I think that's it. Um, I'll tell you guys about the... Uh, power rankings... Go over those real quick. Tell you guys the top ten that we have. Um, you know, I, and there's other power rankings. I think eventually I'll start doing ESPNs in due time. But I just like the NBAs because I mean it is the NBA.com. Um, but uh, let's see. The West is 160 and 129 against the East. They went 14 and 8 last week. Um. Yeah, the toughest, as of right now, the toughest schedule in the NBA is the New Orleans Pelicans. Um, then it's the Atlanta Hawks, second, and Golden State, third. And then the easiest 
strength of schedule in the NBA is number one, Milwaukee, <clears throat> number two, Toronto, and number three, Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, um, they still trash. They still trash, bro. So at number 10, and keeping at number 10, <laughs> is the Houston Rockets. Um, they won against the Lakers. And it was crazy because they won against the Lakers and then they lost to the Suns by 36 points. And then they lost to the Jazz in a last-second three-point shot. And the lead changed four times in like 30 seconds. Can't make that up. Um, oh, I forgot. You know who else is in Atlanta Hawk too? Um, Clint Capella. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Clint Capella went to the Hawks too. That's right. Clint Capella and Trey Young going to be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, at number nine, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder. Uh, I mean, they're they're doing what they got to do. I mean, honestly, between Chris Paul, Gilgis Alexander, Gallinari, and Adams. But that's I mean, why they they're want to give us Gallinari. Not us, but don't want to give Miami Gallinari, but. Mm-hmm. They're doing really good. And Schroeder, Schroeder's coming off the bench. Schroeder and um, and Dennis Schroeder right now is actually a very close second to Sweet Lou for sixth man of the year. So Ooh. you never know. At number eight, you have the Miami Heat um, kind of hanging in there. They've been number eight for the last couple of weeks. Uh, they got Jay Crowder and Andre Iguodala, who honestly in their first game with the Heat, they look pretty good. They acclimated themselves no, well to not, the team, so it's going to be interesting. It's not about getting now, with it. What's going to be what's going to be really interesting is that you know they although they picked up Iguodala and Crowder, you know the Heat are known for playing the type of basketball that makes for catch and shooting, and you know the catch and shooting numbers for Crowder and Iguodala over the last season hasn't been that high but we will see what happens because maybe they'll shoot better with, with a better passing team I mean, even though Iguodala was freaking on up? the Warriors what did they give up for him mm, I don't think oh they lost uh, Justice Winslow who can't shoot um, and I forget the other person but I know Justice Winslow is the big name that they lost mm-hmm. um so at number seven, hanging in there, you have the Utah Jazz. Um, the Utah Jazz uh, are doing well, uh, but they are they are kind of like teetering and tottering as far as like winning the close games. Um, interesting stat for you guys: they're fifteen and eighteen in games that were within five points in the last five minutes, and that was well that was last season. But this year, they're twenty-one and ten in those same games. So they're becoming a more clutch team. And Donovan Mitchell, as of right now, is far and ahead the guy that they go to in the clutch. Um, he leads his team with 32. With thir- He has 32 more clutch time field goal attempts than any of his teammates. So he's far and ahead the guy that they go to in the clutch every time. Yes, sir. At number six, you have the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, um, sir. I mean... They've they've gone six and they've gone five and one in their last six games with uh, Nikola Jokic averaging twenty seven points, eleven rebounds, and nine assists. Thank God. <laughs> and then here's a crazy thing. I mean, they've been winning these games. They've been winning these games, and to be real, they were doing it without Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray's back now. Mm-hmm. He just dropped. And 26. so that's yes, he did. He's been averaging twenty nine points. So. Per game since he's been back, so that's something to think about. 
And we um, Porter. What's his name? What's his name? Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's coming. Yeah, he's coming on really strong. Mm-hmm. You have the L.A. Clippers. Um, they're at number five. Um, they have an interesting pickup because they lost Maurice Harkless, but they picked up Marcus Morris. Um, and Marcus Morris is very interesting because he gives a little bit more size, a little bit more strength, and he's a better shooter. So now you have a potential of Marcus Morris and Sweet Lou coming off the bench for the Clippers, which is pretty impressive. Um, at number four, you have the Los Angeles Lakers. They fell two spots, as did the Clippers. The Clippers fell two spots. And um, the Lakers fell two spots, so they went from two to four. Um, they've been struggling a little bit since coming back from um, everything that's been happening as far as the whole Kobe Bryant um, incident. So it's going to be really interesting to see what goes on. Now, the interesting thing that they've been talking about is um, Kyle Kuzma has been in a slump. That's number one. Number two, they've been doing this thing where they've staggered the minutes of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But... What they've been showing is, is that when LeBron is not on the court, the Lakers have been outscored by seven points for 100 possessions with AD on the floor and no LeBron James. Mm. In that same consistency, Davis and Kuzma have combined for 25% from the three-point line without LeBron out on the court, Tough. which is, 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 is tough. Them boys try to get um, rid of, they, they try to get rid of Kuz so bad. They did, but I mean, at the end of the day, they held on to him, and I think it's a good move. He's the only young guy that you have. Gee, shit. So keep him because at some point in time, LeBron's gonna clear it, and you don't want to look like the Heat or the Cavaliers mm-hmm. twice. The Heat just now legitimately recovered, and they're like a competitive team again. Think about it. LeBron James left what year? Uh, 2014-2015 so it took now mind you the heat is a great location to go to there is no state tax and you're literally walking out and seeing the water and it's a beautiful place to be and you have Pat Riley who's is easily one of the best minds one of the best executives in the NBA and you're just now becoming a contending team in the east I mean, they Cleveland t- still hasn't I feel, like they never, I feel like they never tanked either they kept it. That's the thing about Miami right. is when, they, when LeBron they, left, they didn't they take. Were competitive. They, just, they were competitive up until They were competitive, they but up. this year they're legitimate. You can legitimately make a case for the Heat making it to the finals out of the East. Yeah, no, definitely. I could, I gotta, you can make a you case can. for them winning this whole shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can. And that's and it's been a while since mm-hmm. that's happened. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, it's we're talking about the Heat. When's the last time we really seen the Heat in a slump outside of when they had... Uh, those post Shaq years where D Wade was absolutely balling and should have been an MVP, but it seems trash. The team was godly. Um, jumping two slots, you have the Toronto Raptors, of course. Um, the Raptors they they have a fourteen game winning streak. Damn. That's all that matters. Um, at number two, jumping up four slots, we have the Boston Celtics. Um, the Celtics have won ten of their last eleven games, and I mean they've beaten some pretty tough teams. Um, and they've played with really good defense, but this week's going to be very interesting for them because they go to Houston and then they play the Clippers in Boston. At number one, per usual, you have the Milwaukee Bucks still on pace to win 70 games. They are 45-7. and seven. So that wraps it up for the uh, NBA Power Rankings. Nice. Um, 
I got one more ranking for you guys. This one is going to be a little bit more interesting, and this is due to the fact that <laughs> we're talking about money. So the Forbes, um, Forbes magazine um, released their list of the uh, most profitable or the most valuable NBA teams, um, and they ranked it from least to highest. So I'm going to go from the lowest to the highest, and then I kind of want to see what you guys think. If you guys are shocked by what y'all hear, is there a team that you feel is out of place, or why the heck is this team all the way up here? So I'm going to run it by you guys, and then I'll ask y'all them questions. Um, at number 30, you have the Memphis Grizzlies at $1.3 billion. Broke-ass team. At, 20, at 29, you have the New Orleans Pelicans at $1.35 billion. Sounds about right. At 28, you have the Minnesota Timberwolves at $1.375 billion. Mm-hmm. 27, you have the Orlando Magic at 1.4 billion. Too much um, Detroit Pistons are at number 26, they're at 1.45 billion. Too much shooting. 25, you have the Charlotte Hornets at 1.5 billion. The baby. 24 and 23, 22, you have the Cavaliers, the Hawks, and the Pacers. They all come in at around the same area, like 1.5, 1.51, 1.52 billion. Um, number 21, you have the Utah Jazz at 1.55 billion. Um, at number 20, you have the Oklahoma City Thunder at 1.575 billion. At number 19, you have the Milwaukee Bucks at $1.58 billion. Number 18, you have the Denver Nuggets at $1.6 billion. Mm. Number 17, you have the Phoenix Suns $1.625 billion. Number 16, you have the Washington Wizards at $1.75 billion. That's surprising. Interesting. At number 15, you have the Sacramento Kings at $1.75 That's billion. That's really interesting to me, too. Sacramento Kings? Yeah. At number 14... I mean, they ain't yeah, at number 14, you have the San Antonio Spurs at $1.8 billion. Texas. Number 13, you have the Portland Trailblazers at $1.85 billion. At number 12, you have the Miami Heat at $1.95 billion. Mm-hmm. At number 11, you have the Philadelphia 76ers at $2 billion. Mm-hmm. Number 10, you have the Toronto Raptors at $2.1 billion. Three. Number 9, you have the <laughs> Dallas Mavericks at $2.4 billion. Texas. At number 8, you got the Houston Rockets at $2.475 billion. Number seven, you have the Brooklyn Nets. That's when that caught me off guard. At two point five billion. At number six, you have the Los Angeles Clippers at two point six billion. Number five, you have the Boston Celtics at three point one billion. At number four, you have the Chicago Bulls at three point two billion. Number three, you have the Golden State Warriors at four point three billion. At number two, you have the Los Angeles Lakers at four point four billion. And at number one, you have the New York Knicks at four point six billion dollars. How much was New York? Four point six billion. Jesus. New York teams, Cali teams, Texas team, stupid big market on top of the success. Yeah. Right. I see. I see the Toronto Raptors in the top ten. That's really cool because nice. I they mean it shows they you Canada's one, influence. Now they work for that one. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean it's it's real interesting to read these things. I mean not only that, but you got to take into account also like Philadelphia. I can see Philadelphia being in that top 15 because oh, yeah. they have their own TV deal with NBC. So you can, if you are in that area or if you have NBC Sports, you can watch like pretty much all the Philadelphia 76er games. Um, the New York Knicks, not only do the New York Knicks, their, their owner owns Madison Square Garden as an entity. So the Knicks fall in line with Madison Square Garden. So, so Madison Square Garden has its own network. The Knicks technically have their own network. Um, and, and I mean, they, they have a vast amount of money. That's why, honestly, I mean, the day that somebody so, actually so, so gets means, up and says, you know, if somebody I'm going to play for the Knicks, if somebody do they're going to be good. If somebody do a, a show at Madison Square Garden, they got to pay the owner. That owner got to get some of that. Yeah, the owner's going to get some of that money. Kevin Absolutely. Hart, James Kevin Dolan Hart, or whatever Dolan his name is. Yeah. selling out. 
the Knicks got that. I mean, that that's why he can say and do the things that he does because, I mean, he has his finger literally wrapped that's around why, everything that revolves. That's why every year niggas like, the Knickerbockers gonna take it this year. Because they have unlimited, they do have that unlimited resource. I mean, all literally, I think all it takes is for one superstar to go to the Knicks. But don't nobody want to. Well, what it's gonna take, what it's gonna take, is for the owner to actually care and do something with his team instead of just letting them live in squalor. And their fans are ungrateful. Their fans need to stop showing up to the games. For real, they probably win some. If they want some change to happen, they need to stop showing up. I mean, you can literally make an argument that the New York Knicks fan base is one of the more loyal fan bases ever. And you can't even you can't even call if they were ever to turn around and win, you could not call any of them bandwagon fans. No, it's not even that, but it's like they like they trash. Like they they don't they loyal, but it's like you go to the point where you don't even know where your team's supposed to be. You're just talking shit. You don't even know what the fuck you're talking about anymore. You don't even know how to feel. They like that crazy girlfriend. Facts. That doesn't think you could do better even when you are doing better. Niggas got Porzingis and Boo. That nigga off. <laughs> out of there. That nigga's a monster. To where now you got a city that people don't want to play for. That's how toxic y'all is over there. It's a, it's a toxic. Big facts. Big facts. Big facts. Brooklyn got a nice Um, I mean, yeah. Nice that's, that's it for the, uh, yeah, for the NBA goddamn. I ain't got I ain't got nothing oh, else. I got something for Unless NBA. you guys got something else. Sleep. I was tripping. It's about to be all star break. Cousin? Oh but you sleep. It's about to be team LeBron versus Team Giannis. And you I, wanna go over those teams? Yeah. Giannis is the worst at picking teams. He really is. And I'm we're gonna definitely see <laughs> this why. Is two years in a row. I've been so like, what are you doing? <laughs> LeBron got first pick. Guess who he gets? Oh, um, who do you think he got, Nels? Don't cheat. Oh, he probably uh, got one of his teammates. Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he got Anthony Davis. Who would Giannis get first pick? Probably some random big man. <laughs> nah, I think he would go get like a point guard. Joel Embiid. For second pick overall. <laughs> so then LeBron gets Kawhi Leonard. Oh, man. <laughs> Y'all just matches that with Pascal Siakam. Pascal Ballin, I feel you. LeBron gets Luka. These are starters now. Yes, yeah, I feel you. LeBron gets Luka Doncic. (laughs) Giannis chooses as his starter Kemba Walker. (laughs) LeBron gets James Harden. Golly, bro. That squad. Nasty. Trey Young. So it's about to be LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. Starting against Giannis, Joel Embiid, Pascal Siakam, Kimba, and Trey Young. I don't like those matchups. If you want me to be honest with you, from from a basketball perspective, as much as it seems like it's a mismatch... Kinda isn't. Right. I mean, the only let I'm be real with you now. It number is. one, who, who's guarding Giannis? LeBron. Hmm. hmm. Okay, you clearly didn't see the Lakers versus the Bucks. Don't care. Okay. It's the All Star game. Don't don't care. Ain't nobody playing defense. Um, 
Joel Embiid is going to be guarded by Anthony, Anthony Davis. Davis. Clean. Okay. Breeze. And vice versa. I don't think. I don't think. I, I was about to say. I think it's about pretty evenly matched. But okay. James Harden is going to be guarded by Kimball Walker. Dead. Lose. You're little. Get off me. Harden. They're they're pretty much identical to size. Oh, this man. And Harden doesn't play any defense. I don't think he's gonna play much defense in an All Star game. Kimba is not about um, to hit that step back on nobody on this All Star game. Kawhi is gonna go up against Pascal Siakam. That's going to be interesting because I know they used to go up against each other in practice a lot. And that that's one of the things Siakam said made him a better basketball player was the fact that he went up against Kawhi practically every day. So seeing Siakam go up against Kawhi, and I mean, it's, it's happened already. I mean, we saw it in the beginning of the season. That matchup is going to be a lot closer than you think because Siakam's link is going to give anybody issues. You think it's about to be a lot closer until Kawhi dropped 80. Kawhi's not going to drop 80 in an all-star game. Um, Trey Young is going to be guarded by Luka. I can't wait to see that. I cannot wait to see yeah, that. Trae Young will eat. I actually think, I think it's a lot closer. It's going to be a lot closer of a matchup than you think. I think what happens here is LeBron went for not star power, but guys who are capable, who are recruit. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. They're like, um, I don't want to call them mercurial because that's not what they are. LeBron but got, got the players. To be and I think, and I think, and I think Giannis went for players that's gonna play pure basketball. Mm. I think, I think, uh, I think Giannis kind of went for what you would call a Euro ball lineup. Giannis went for dudes that's gonna give him the ball and let him eat when he uh, needs to eat. He can't. I don't he, know about all that. All right, watch. Look at this. Look at the reserves. Giannis gets Chris Middleton. Love that pick. Great pick. That's what's gonna keep him in the game when would, when they like down mm. and any dudes that come back in gonna be that dude. LeBron snaps. Dame Lillard. <sighs> Come on. That should have been, to be honest with you, I felt like Giannis should have picked him over Kimball Walker. Easily. I'm sorry. Giannis Dame But I don't think, I think when it came to start, didn't they have to pick starters that got starter votes or they could put anybody as a starters? I think Dame didn't come in as a starter, though. Dame came in as a reserve. Oh, that's tough. Man. Uh Shit exactly. Picked. I don't. I don't oh, think. I don't think it was one of those things where it was like, oh, I'm gonna pick Kemba over Dame. I think it was, oh, we got to pick up all of these did, guys, and then Dame is my first pick. Did um, did uh, Giannis only pick up players from the East? Joel, Pop as far Joel. as his yeah, starters, yes. I think a heavy East guy, man. No, he did not. Rudy Gobert. I'm talking from about for starters. No, he said starters. Started, starters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He picked everybody from the East, but I mean, LeBron picked everybody from the West. LeBron took two Lakers, a Rocket player, a Maverick, and a Clipper. Yep. Uh, they might as well have just done it East versus West. The to fuck? I mean, that's low-key what they did, and then, they're, and then on their bench, I mean, they have majority with they. But I mean, at the end of the day, I think they just picked what they knew. They pick guys that they've played against a bunch of times and they're looking at it like, oh, this guy's about to spaz. I can see, like, he even, Giannis low-key tried Harden because he said, I want to, he said, I want somebody who's going to pass the ball. And that's why he said he took Kemba over Harden. So I think legit, like, he went, they, they both picked players that, I mean, essentially do go around their game, but, you know, they, they felt like we're going to snap. That's why I think it's going to be a good all-star game because I think the teams are a lot more evenly matched. It's just one team has all the star power and the other one doesn't. Yep. Bershaw. That's just what I think. 
And to be honest with you, I think LeBron's team, if they do win, is definitely going to be because of the reserves. More than anything. Because I'll be real with you, I'll take Jokic, Lillard, Paul, Sabonis, Simmons, Tatum, and Westbrook any day over Adebayo, Butler, Gobert, Ingram, Lowry, Middleton, and Mitchell. I'm just being real. Off of Lillard, Tatum, and Simmons, and Jokic alone, I was like, oh, your bench is straight. Them boys need to come in with like three minutes taken off the clock. Period. Not for sure. Like their reserves have starters. Like Jokic, Lillard, Tatum, Simmons, Paul, Westbrook, they could start. Fact. So that's going to be interesting. Whereas the reserves for Giannis' team, it's like a role player. It looked more like LeBron was like, I'm going to take all these stars. And Giannis was sitting here like, Bill, let me play 2K real quick and actually put a team together. Let me fill in these spaces. Let me put in these slots. That's why I said it. Or whatever. We'll see what happens. Um, Since you're on the NBA All-Star game, um, um, did they release yet who's doing the All-Star weekend events? Um... Yeah, I believe so. At least for the dunk. I know they released the dunk contest, people. So who do they have for the dunk contest? Oh, bit. I don't know. I was, I was not prepared. Nice. I didn't know you was going to ask me this. My bad, Cole. Let me see if I can find it. So the skills challenge is going to be Bam Adebayo, Patrick Beverly, Spencer Dinwiddie, Shai Gilgis, Alexander, Chris Middleton, Domitus, um, Sabonis, Pascal Siakam, and Jason Tatum. The three-point contest is going to be Davis Burtons, Devontae Graham, Joe Harris, Buddy Heald, Zach Levine, Damian Lillard, Duncan Robinson, and Trey Young. The slam dunk contest is going to be Pat Connaughton, Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones Jr. That's random. And yeah, that's going to be... Well, none of these guys are, except for Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones, are really known for their Duncan prowess. I mean, Dwight Howard won one way, way, way back. But, I mean, we'll see. Sure. We'll see. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially uh, all that I, I literally have for NBA. Yep. All right. So, we're going to move to underrated bars of fame. So, um, upon popular request, we're going to do All Your Fault by Big Sean um, for Underrated Bars of Fame. It features uh, Kanye West. Um, So, yeah. Uh, I'm going to do the hook. I'll just say what the line for the hook is and then go from there. Uh, How much I feel, I live for your love, lit for your love, baby, lit for your love. Um, Kanye West verse one, that's that don't play, that's that new yay, people saying I'm the closest thing to Mike since Janet, Tom Cruise, homie, we jumping up on them couches, that's a fresh house, is that a guest house, your house got another house, your spouse got another spouse, young Walt Disney, I'm going to tell you truthfully, if you leave with Mickey, you're going to end up with a goofy. I imagine that's what Chris told Carucci. Girls be acting like it's diamonds and they coochie. I don't give a f- I don't give a f- but cops choking is out in the media. 
We finna have the protest and tear the city up. We about to tear this whole place up pretty much. And then it goes to the bridge. You know it's all your fault. Nobody, 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 babe. You know it's all your fault. Nobody, nobody but me. Lit for your love, baby. Lit for your love. Second verse, Big Sean. Ho, we done made it through hell and disaster. My crib done got bigger. My women got badder. You wondering how you get in the game? I'm wondering how do I get to the rafters? Oh boy, I'm mad until these records getting shattered till I'm MJ or Magical and she just wants the status. So you the man she got, but I'm the man that she been after. She done sent so many naked pics. My phone ain't got no data. I walk up in New York like my name, Derek Jeter, headed home to the D where you know I keep a Gina. I'm the good with the evil. You nice to meet you. You can't have a peace sign and without the middle finger. When the click... With the click, when you see us, that's my family to me. That's my family tree. They're my arms, legs, hands, and my feet. And I can cut them off even with diabetes. Hit the beat and kerosene and scratch that. I white sheet it. A $100 fade every single time you see us. Been a king all my life, so I should have got a Caesar. Somewhere off in Vegas, rolling dice up at Caesars. Got me thinking back how I used to roll to Little Caesars. Piece of pizza with Tanisha. Now I'm with a Boniqua. She finna blow at that. I got your dream girl. Yeah, she acting like a hoe at that. Throw it to me. I'ma throw that back. Top spot. I'm finna go at that. Straight up. <laughs> I live for your love. Lit for your love, baby. Lit for your love. Straight up. Ho, you gotta move quick. World in my hands. I ain't gotta lose grips. I don't like loose or loose lips. And I done did the impossible a few times. Tom Cruise shit. Oh, and I ain't satisfied being on that top five list. I ain't satisfied until I'm on that all-time list. Till everything I spit is all-timeless. My girl on that all-fine list. My life a little and a lot of grind. No, maybe, ho, I gotta make it. Fuck your nomination, man. The world I'm repopulating. Wrap my rollie around my waist. Yeah, time's a-wasted. Because want that comma, comma, combination. Long as I'm around, it's gonna be dot, 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 a whole lot of waiting. Got my pinky on her brain while I'm getting brain. Plotting world domination. People ask me how to make it. I'm just like, man, if you want the crown, you got to take it. Straight up. Underrated Rogers fame. All your fault. Big Sean featuring Kanye West. Yes, sir. And, uh, I mean, beyond that, bro, is it time for them to tell us where they can reach us at? Mm Mm-hmm. All right, bet. So where can they reach us at through email? Uh, ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. What about on Instagram? Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. And what about on Twitter? Balls underscore podcast. And with that being said, we are done. Mm-hmm. Listen, we're really, really happy that y'all with us again. For how many times have we done this now? Uh, 120 something. 120-something, 126, 127, 128. It's one of those. We appreciate y'all for being there with us this whole time. Watch it be 130. could have literally... Some dumb shit. Right, right. Watch me be way off. Y'all literally could have been listening to any other sports podcast, but y'all listening to us, and we appreciate that. Just keep vibing and riding with us, and we're going to keep giving you this awesome material to listen to. With that being said, we are out of here. Yeah, bye, hoes. A little scallywax.